Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Episode 66. I am just one of your hosts, Evil Sith Master Jedi. No, wait, those are the enemy. Uh, I can't even do this. I can't, I can't do it. Um, my name is Matt Rushing, and uh, with me, the better half, John Mills. Not hardly. I, uh, you know, I think that demonstrates maybe you're the better half because uh, you can't even pull off evil as a joke. That's so, Whereas, I guess so. Uh, for me... <laughs> I can slide into it very easily and say, execute episode 66. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Gosh, John, what a great day to be recording with you. Uh, It is actually the birthday of Star Wars A New Hope, 40 years today. Um, Crazy. Really sort of the the baptismal day, because when the final print was locked is really the birthday, right? Because... You know, they would have had to lock the film a couple of weeks beforehand uh, and get it shipped out to I mean, theaters. Because, I mean, you know, it's the pre-digital Thank you, Mike era. Schindler. <laughs> I can't help it. He rubbed off on me. Uh, I can't help anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> so, it's it. what's great about the, today, John, is that we are going to have a fantastic interview with, I, I think, uh, one of the newest members of the Star Wars family, uh, the Freemaker Adventures. We're going to have the wonderful Bill Motts and Bob Roth on, the executive producers of the Freemaker Adventures, to talk about the show. And um, so we don't want to spend too much time here. We just kind of want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, make sure if you want to connect with us, we got a bunch of ways to do that. We're on Twitter at join nerd party and as well for the show at the Jedi masters. Uh, we can find us all over the place, any podcatcher, but the best place to go is Apple podcasts. Uh, give us a star rating and a review while you're there. Hit the subscribe button while you're in there too. Um, and like I said, we are on every podcatcher, so you can find aggressive negotiations everywhere. We're on thenerdparty.com, uh, and while you're there, hit the nerdparty.com slash contact. If you ever want to contact us, just choose Aggressive Negotiations, and the email comes to John and I. And uh, mm-hmm. you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thenerdparty. It's a great place to catch up with us. John and I peruse there eh, probably more than we should, uh, you know. Um, shh, don't tell my Don't tell my boss. <laughs> Don't tell my boss I proved that too. Oh. No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> and we post the shows there too, so uh, make sure you you check out those. And it's a great place to interact with us about what you thought about a certain episode. Uh, so make sure mm-hmm. that you do that for us because, um, yeah, we love hearing what you guys think. Uh, it, it means a lot to us when you interact with us uh, on the shows. Uh, well, and it's just nice to know people listen, right, John? Yes, it is. Yeah. We do this for the love of the game. And uh, we, we love playing the game for you and with you. So uh, please reach out to us. Uh, we, we love to interact. 
And, uh, you know, I think, John, uh, we should just step into uh, hyperspace. And uh, would you step into hyperspace? Anyway, let's just punch it. John, we have a huge, exciting, super fun episode for episode 66, and I, I I love that, number one, we're recording on the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, and it's our 66th episode, and we figured what better way to celebrate than have Star Wars' coolest new members, the Freemaker Adventures, Bill and Bob, from the Freemaker Adventures. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. fantastic. We've been celebrating all day. Ah, excellent. Awesome. So so what's been the most fun thing you've done all day Star Wars related other than the Freemaker adventures that you work on? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, hard to top that. Uh That's the, true. The day job is a celebration of Star Wars every day, so so there's that. Um we went over to uh the Disney Studio just to see what was going on over there. They had a few little small little giveaways at their studio store. Uh, we stopped by the Lucasfilm offices. Unfortunately, <laughs> all our friends were in, in meetings when we got there. So, <laughs> so we snapped a selfie of ourselves by the sign. Yeah. So <laughs> kept it low-key, but, you know, we've been looking at uh, – there's this fantastic video of um, somebody brought a tape recorder into A New Hope. A real-to-real audio recorder. Um, what? Oh, way back wow. in 1977. You can find this on, uh, on YouTube. YouTube. It's yeah. Star Wars Audience Reaction 1977. And it's just like the last three minutes of the movie. So it's Luke going down the trench and then Han coming to save him. And you hear the audience just erupt. And it's as close as I can come to that night 40 years ago when I first saw the uh, first saw Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's fun. So they've synced it up beautifully to the footage. And, yeah. you know, so you, you get gives you a little reminder of what it was like to actually see that for yeah, the very it, first time. It, it makes me you know, put a lump in my throat every time I watch that video. Yeah. That's absolutely phenomenal because it reminds me of the beginning of the Freemaker Adventures where <laughs> Darth Vader's being yeah. reminded of his, well, not so great performance at the Death Star. Yeah, yes. he, he, he was doing fine right there until the end. He stumbled at the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Well, something that um, I'd, I'd love for you guys to, to talk about is just the inspiration for the Freemaker Adventures, um, you know, specifically to when it takes pay- place and the three main characters that you have that make up the Freemaker family. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, um, here comes a long answer. Uh, <laughs> buckle up, listeners. Yeah. So, uh, you know. We, That's the best kind. We'd, we'd heard about this. What was it? It was 2014. 2014. Right? 2014. We we heard that uh, Lego and and Lucasfilm were looking to make and Disney were looking to make a uh, new Lego Star Wars series. Um, but we did. That's all we. That's knew. all we knew about it. So and we desperately wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. So we we began pestering everybody we knew at Disney. Get us in. Get us in. We are the people to do this show. Don't don't make the mistake of hiring somebody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, that's all we knew. All we knew was Lego, Star Wars. That's it. Um, so we ran into a friend of ours who works at Disney. We knew he was the point person for Disney. Uh, we ran into him at Comic-Con in a terrible party full of warm beer and sweaty bodies. Um, yeah. It was oh. one of those industry uh, parties that's yeah. just a little too many people. It, in, it was in a, basement, in a basement and there were like 200 people crammed in the space where maybe 50 would have comfortably fit 
<laughs> and it was loud. And so we were like, loud. let's just loop the room yeah, we're, and leave. We'll just, you know, another friend of ours was hosting the party. So we're like, we'll, we'll just show our faces to say we were here. Then we're going to go grab dinner. And, you know, when you go to Comic-Con, you want to talk about all these freaky things you saw that day. So we were going to just you know, do that. So we looped. And then we, we saw our friend from Disney there. And we're like, oh, we've been pestering him. And he'd been sort of putting us off. And so he sort of gestured over to us, come over here, let me tell you about it. And uh, he sort of shouted in my ear. And I was staying right next to Bob. I couldn't understand a word because it was music, something, and people, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to get the brief on this later. You know? So <laughs> he shouted in my ear, Lego, Star Wars, needs to encompass the entire saga, um, new characters, that's all we got. And... I sort of sat there with my head spinning going, well, that's a lot. That's, I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of holes to fill in. That's, that's not much to go on. So we, we went to, uh, you know, we, we got out of that sweaty, horrible bar and we were going to, you know, go find dinner somewhere. So we walked three blocks to this restaurant that we had seen mm-hmm. earlier. And as we're about to, you know, walk in, Bob says, I know what the show is. I was like, what what show? The show we just heard about show? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this idea. And so, you know, the, the notion that was running through my head is that, you know, Star Wars is about family. Not not only is it about the Skywalker family, but for me, and, you know, again, fortuitous we're doing this on this day, you know, it, it's about my family. It's about my brother coming home that night and saying, we got to go see this movie. We we got to go see it and it was about you know my mom taking the two of us to see it it's about you know um my mom made sure i had every last one of the star wars toys i wanted and i wanted them all um yes it was about my other brother coming home from the army and i'd saved my allowance for weeks so i could take him to see the empire strikes back Mm. it's about you know sharing it with my two sons so family Family is, and I could go on for hours about it, but um, family's at the heart of Star Wars in, in both the text and the, the meta text. Um, and then it's also at the heart of Lego, right? Like Lego is this great bonding thing for families where, you know, mom and dad oh, bring home a, a, a kit, a, a set, and the whole family can gather around and build together and, you know, Little uh, little Johnny and little Susie can build by themselves, or they can build together, or they can bring in the whole family to do it if they want. And it, it's it's a huge bonding experience. So the the very first thought I had was this has to be about a family. And then and then we were talking about how like you were talking with your own kids with the Lego sets and you know my mm-hmm. my kids as well. You know, you play with them after a while, and then, you know, wing snaps off and this and that. And then you're like, okay, hey, I can snap this wing onto this other set, and you've got this crazy, yeah. you know, That mashup. was the beauty of it is, is like, the toy, they never break, really. Like, they they reconstitute themselves into new forms, but, you know, just because you dropped it on the floor and it shattered into a thousand pieces. That could just be a new beginning. Yeah, that's just a yeah. new beginning. So that that's where, and that... that dovetailed nicely with the notion of salvage and uh you know and this the huge yeah. yeah and this is before episode seven when we knew about ray and that she's yeah. a salvager so we're just saying oh salvage they could be doing salvage yeah and, and 
and that felt like it fit with the uh, you know the used universe that that Lucas created. Um, and you know, and then we sort of uh, out of that dinner came um, uh, uh, Roger. Roger yeah. definitely. He was the first, first character. The first with character a, to have a name. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and and the setting we we chose that because we wanted to have his access to as much of the Star Wars universe as we could have at that time, without going beyond what we knew. So we placed the show between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that gave us the whole prequel world, and mm-hmm. you know, the Clone Wars, and uh, a chunk of of Rebels, and. Mm-hmm all that sort of thing. So we felt like that, and it gave us Darth Vader and the Emperor. Right. And so it seems like, you know, and and from there, it was just a matter of, at that dinner, we hatched it all, and then it was playing the waiting game of, you know, Disney, Lego, and Lucasfilm had to get all their ducks in a row before they could start taking pitches. And so it was this maddening thing of, we know we have it, this is it. Yeah, so that was July, and I think we got the pitch in what, October. Yeah, and mm. it, it, oh wow, it, it was it was this horrible feeling of if we don't get to them, it's going to be somebody else. else. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, but it didn't. It you know, we we've said this to the to our our uh, our executives at Lucas and Disney and, and Lego now, but they may have thought they were picking who was going to run the show. But the truth is, the show was destiny. Um, <laughs> there, there, they had no choice but to pick us. And there was really, frankly, nothing we could have done to screw it up because it was that much of a, of a you know, a, a home run, that much of a straight in the pocket, you know, bullseye, um, to mix all my metaphors. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just felt like this show has to be. Um, so, and, you know, it's, we we've never really had that feeling before. We are the first two people to doubt our own work, um, but on this one, we knew like, no, this is it. This is the show. It's perfect, and, and we need to do it. And Not if they right. don't hire us to do it, we're going to make it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fan fiction form. Yeah, but I mean, that said, I mean, the show evolved quite a bit yeah. with the with the uh, development help of you know the story team led by Carrie Beck and and. Jake Blaze and John McCormick and Jason Cosler over at Lego and uh, Jermaine Turner over at Disney and Leland Sheed. Yeah, and so they, you know, it, it all shaped the, you know, developing uh, the the Saber storyline and Nare's placement in it and all that all, yeah. you know, grew from further discussion. But the seed, the core yeah. idea. The core idea that, that is still there. Was family yeah. salvaging and getting involved in the galactic conflict that was there from the beginning along wow. with Roger. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, you know, when, when you said it and, and Roger and, and bringing in all of the different pieces of the, uh, the, the star Wars universe, uh, the show has been described as, and it's the first time I'd heard the term canon adjacent. Yes. So what, what does canon adjacent mean? And what, what do you think is the best part of working in a canon adjacent uh, storyline? Well, what it means is is uh, the the events you see in this show are not going to be referenced somewhere else. Okay, so um, the events and sadly the characters themselves uh, they're not going to show up on Rebels or you know, other other things. 
that said, they have to fit in neatly with the canon that exists. So they they we can't show you anything that that couldn't have happened. Um, and I'll, I'll say honestly, from <laughs> there's two people in the world who should worry about this. Pablo Hidalgo, Hidalgo and, and Leland Chi. Everybody else should just watch the show and enjoy it. <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, you know, and it, it, it does for the advantages. Yeah, it, it allows us to have a small amount of liberty in the way we play uh, the Emperor and Vader. That's where, that's where it's an advantage for us. But other than that, um, you know, Carrie Beck and, and Josh Rhines at Lucas, they're they're very good at making sure that, you know, we're not straying too far from stuff that could happen in the universe. And and I'm talking, you know, this is down to a level of minutia that I don't think people would would expect. We've got an episode in uh, the second season where, without getting into too much detail or spoilers, Roger is doing some surveillance on people. Um, and he's got He's got a pad where he's looking at the video screen on it, and he, he uses a wire to plug in to a computer terminal. And Carrie went went deep on: Is this something that is legitimate Star Wars tech? Am I? Are we gonna wind up looking like fools later on? And, you know, she she went and vetted it to, through you know every source resource she has at her her uh, command, and and um, came back with. Yeah, okay, that's something we can do. That that feels like the right level of tech for Star Wars and Lego Star Wars. So, I mean, I, I only bring that up to say, when we say, guys, that this doesn't violate canon, it, it's at a level that is is really, really minute. So, it, both big, it's both minute and the range of it is is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, and we so we basically the stories we tell could happen in the canon universe. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly they don't uh, step on or contradict anything that is absolutely canon. Right. If that makes any sense. So it's supportive um, in that way. And I think that the, the flexibility uh, has allowed us, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, they're not Lego characters in the canon universe and right. you know, <laughs> don't build ships right. quite the way that you do uh, in our universe. So you can get a little more sort of playful fun in how things are crafted. But the ideas behind them, the, one of the ways we look at often is these are stories that happen as interpreted by someone reenacting them with their... With the, uh, this is, we're, we're seeing this through the eyes of a kid playing, playing out these stories. Yeah. So that makes any sense I, at all. I think the thing that I love so much about this show is that, you know, obviously we're all huge Star Wars geeks, and I can tell that you guys know Star Wars inside and out from all of the Easter eggs that are in there. But the best part about this show is that as a fan, I'm just enjoying it and soaking mm -hmm. it up, and I don't really care as i watch it whether it's canon yep. or not yeah. because it's too much fun for me to care that that is exactly the reaction we wish uh, everybody would have because um yeah i mean it, again pablo and leland should worry about this the rest of us should just go along and enjoy the ride it, absolutely. you know we yeah, absolutely we've made a good star wars show and i feel like some people are denying themselves the experience by going well it's not going to show up in episode eight well Okay. Do you want to deny yourself the fun, though? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's seriously, Star Wars fans, totally just your loss if you're doing that because I don't know of a funnier, more enjoyable, like, 22 minutes of your time that happens to be around Star Wars that you could have ever. I mean, this is this is... This is the stuff you need to be watching. And speaking of just how, I mean, let's get into it because mm-hmm. Star Wars fans, this is how great these guys are. There are so many Easter eggs in this show from every part of Star Wars, yeah. even the like legends minutia mm-hmm. that you thought was forgotten. No, these guys are bringing it back. No, I, uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm dying to get a reference to who Jim's in here. Um, oh my gosh, you would make the happiest person in the world. Oh my gosh, I, so much. I really do. I still have my old uh, Star Wars comics collection from the old Marvel yeah, comics. Yeah, me too, me too. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I know this stuff backwards and forwards. It's not, I'm not a poser. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just a joy when we find a moment where we can bring in something, um, you know. And it is fun having Leland be a part of that, you know. Right. We, we start, hey, Leland. Do you have an idea for, you know, we need a planet or a place or a, a ship or something? And he just, you know, finds like, oh, we could use this that was in the expanding universe and this mm-hmm. here and that kind of thing. I mean, even the wheel, you know, the yeah, idea of the wheel came yes. from yeah. Marvel Comics. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the old Carmine Infantino days. See the inspiration. Yeah. Right. So. Do y'all have any um, like favorite Easter eggs that have just been the ones that you're like, oh, I can't wait to put this one in? Oh boy, that's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, trying to think of there's something in the second season that we can't. Mention. Yeah, yeah. There's a good uh, one in the second. There's there's here. Well, we'll say there's uh, there's a joke about the rule of two that we're we're extremely proud. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll say no more than that. That is um, a great tease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I yeah, know as soon as we hang up, we're going to be like, oh, oh why did we think of that one? one that one I'm trying to think of. But uh, yeah, it, it's always a pleasure when we get to, you know, I mean, because not only does does it work in, in the humor of the show, but it's also something that, that uh, makes the show feel like Star Wars, you know, that, that, um, that it is, it is a part of the universe, but canon aside, you know, just does this feel like an authentic Star Wars experience? Well, the more of those details we can layer in, the more uh, the, the more that the, it all becomes right. cohesive. Right. So we always look for opportunities. Oh, that, yeah, that, uh, that's great. Now, the thing is, something I've fixated on is you guys have a terrific uh, voice cast. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's absolutely wonderful, and uh, I, I think we'd both be interested as to what the process was to you know to build that cast and, and find the right people. And I, you know, have to definitely tip my hat as a hardcore Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan. Thank you for bringing <laughs> Snyder onto the cast because the moment I heard his voice, I just started giggling because I love right. him. Yes. So so here's here's the. Well, well, we'll start with the main cast, and we'll, we'll, we will definitely get to Dana. So, what, um, yeah, one of the things about the uh, casting is obviously when we started, we couldn't say, "Hey, we're doing a Lego Star Wars show." We had right. to put out these sides uh, that were sort of—it was our version of Blue Harvest, you know, the sort of fake. Nice. <laughs> and 
And I, I kept laughing, like, I wonder what people think this show is, because it was like some sort of weird wizards and race cars show, <laughs> like, you know, sorry, like Harry Potter meets American Graffiti or something. <laughs> and so it was very Somebody strange. Somebody write that series. Oh, I know. It was, just, it was, so, it was so bizarre. Um, but it had all the right tones. So, like, you know, Nare was like, you know, uh, a, a witch who – you know, poses as a good person, but is really a bad person. And, you know, we had all these sort of you know, descriptors to try to, you know, get right. the, the intent or the flavor of the character without tipping what it was. And uh, anyway, so it was fun having them read those sides. And, uh, you know, we did a pretty wide casting. We usually yeah, do. The, for, for the three main leads, it was we cast a really wide net. Um, we listened to gosh, I want to say hundreds of auditions and that might the not be that. I don't think it is. I mean, first of all, yeah. filtered, filtered through. Lindsay Perlman first did the... Lindsay Perlman, the, our casting director, went through the first right. round and just took out everyone right. that wasn't even close. And then Michael Donovan, our voice director, sat in with us on the auditions. Yeah. And, and uh, we, we saw a lot through. of people and, you know, the cream rose to the top that you know, we, we, we just got so incredibly blessed with uh, Nicholas Cantu, Eugene Bird, and Vanessa Lenges. And then, you know, and of course, Matt was easy. Matt was easy. Yeah, we, <laughs> Matt was, you know. was, was easy. Thankfully, <laughs> came with the process yeah. of design. Um, but you know what? What we were uncertain of until the very first record was: Are these people going to be a family when we put them in a booth? Are they Are they going to react well to each other? Is there going to be chemistry? And that's you know that's one of those things. It's just hard to know because, until you get look, there. Yeah, I mean, you, you you see shows where it works, and you see them where it doesn't. And it was magical. Like, very first record, they were in the booth about 10 minutes. And if you had wandered into that room, you would have thought, this is a family that has been together all their lives. Um, they they were playing off each other. And, and they really kind of took on the roles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and definitely, especially toward Nicholas, they were, you know, they, uh, you know Santa, Eugene uh, looked at uh, Nicholas like an older brother, really. Yeah, you know, you know it's, even it's when we went to the Emmys, he kept adjusting his tie. There was, I think it was our second or third record, you know, actors, especially white actors, they're doing this all day and they, they've got busy schedules. Um, and, you know, generally, when someone finishes all their lines, they don't hang around in the booth to see. Yeah, you can excuse them. You to say, okay, you, you, you're free to go. We're done with you. You can head home. Um, it got to the point where uh, on the, our second, the third episode, I think. We had to record the Walla Library. Yeah, yeah, we, well, you know, yeah, that might be. Yeah. Um, but Nicholas was in the booth by himself at this point. Like, you know, Vanessa, Matt, and uh, Gray, they'd all been excused. And Eugene was, you know, he finished his last line. We're like, well, Eugene, you can head home. We got a few pickups and stuff, odds and ends to do with Nicholas here. And he just came and he sat down in the in the uh, on the other side of the glass. And he was like, no, I got to see how my little brother does. I'm not going to leave him in there. Oh. Uh, awesome. And, and it was like, and they are that way. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, they socialize a lot, and they you know, they're together. They celebrate, you know, birthdays and you know, all yeah, sorts of stuff together. They're a family. So that that's our main cast. Now let's talk about our recurring characters. Uh, Dana, we we just knew from from the very get go. He said to people, "Look, Dana Snyder is a hot is going to be funny, and that's going to be gold, and let's just do that." They made us go through the audition process. 
So we heard a lot of actors who were very good. Very good. But but Dana came in and just you yeah. know, proved proved that our point <laughs> that he as a hut is is hilarious. Um, and, and he is a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, huge Star Wars fan and a huge Lego fan. Uh, so this is kind of, I think, a dream come true for him, if I can speak for him. Uh, and yeah, you know, the, the beauty of a Dana record is he comes in, he generally records by himself. And that's because he just riffs. Ah. He riffs and riffs. And because he is such a huge Star Wars fan, he can riff in universe, right? So it's, it's not with an incredible amount of knowledge. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> deep, deep level. So there are, and, and you know, the the only unfortunate thing is that the show's only twenty two minutes yeah, long. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got twenty two minutes, to, and we want to let the other characters have a line or two. So there is a lot of grabala just on the cutting room floor. That is just so yeah. funny. Now I'll say the other actor who came anywhere near uh, landing the role of Grabala was Richard Kind, who was another actor we knew that huh. we wanted. We yes. knew we wanted Richard. Yeah. His, his Grabala was very good, but uh, Dana edged him. But we knew, you know, we're, we can't just not have Richard be a part of the show. Um, yeah. Well, we knew, yeah. That's we, where Durbin came from. <laughs> Thank God, because yeah. he's great as Durbin, too. Um, yes, he is. Yeah, and, and then Thomas Lennon and Tom Lennon and Whit Cooper. Cooper. Oh yeah. my gosh! Oh yeah, Just, that's like one of my favorite characters of all time in Star Wars now. He's so <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're we're in love with Tom and and everything he brings to the character. He just he he makes them so uh, so 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 loathsome. Yeah, we uh, we kind of model we in our minds we we uh we, it was J- space James Spader. That's yeah, basically what we had in mind from the eighties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his his best moment is at the Palpatine Museum. Yes. <laughs> And he just gets he gets in front of the line and he's like, uh, I would like the uh, super duper wonderful uh, awesome deluxe version. And if there's something better, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, oh my goodness, he cracks me up. And that, oh. yeah. Also, also just a, a brilliant improv improviser. Yeah. One one episode specifically that I wanted to talk to you guys about because this is my favorite episode of the series so far, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, when they go to Zoe, uh-huh. and that episode seemed to have a very meta message, yes, about the way in which fans have interacted with George Lucas, the maker. Yeah, um, you know that was something that was just kind of a little bit of kismet. Uh, you know the the design for Jack. You know we we've got to tip our hat here to uh, Michael Price who did who wrote and produced all the Yoda Chronicles and, and droid tales and all the stuff that came before our, our time on Lego star Wars. He's a good friend of ours. And he's a, he's a good friend and has been very supportive of it. Um, you know, Jack was, was in from his time. Um, and, uh, so we can't take credit for Jack looking a lot like George, but, uh, as we were, you know, going through that script and, and the animatic is we were starting to, like, the hints of oh yeah, yeah there's there's a little bit of this isn't lost on us this, yeah this is kind of so we didn't set out to make a sort of a George story right. <laughs> but we kind of realized like there's there's a accidental metaphor maybe yeah. in this and uh, it, it certainly fits and we're we're happy to have it fit um, yeah so yeah 
Yeah. I, I just, I, when I saw that that happened on the show, I was just so, I mean, I didn't know I could be more in love with the show at that point, <laughs> but it, it just, it spoke to me on such a level because I absolutely love George. Yeah. And well, you know, I'll, I'll stay here. Treated, oh, uh, you know, on the 40th anniversary of, you know, the debut of Star Wars, George Lucas changed my life and for the better. Mm. I mean, he, yes. he, without, without knowing me or being aware of me, he, he, uh, he changed my life and gave me direction. You know, I walked into the movie theater, the state theater in Ithaca, New York, a seven-year-old kid who, you know, liked, liked a good movie, but didn't really have any aspirations to, mm-hmm. to be a part of this business. And I walked out of there again, I was only seven, so I didn't, you know, have, wasn't able to put it into the words, but I knew that when I left, I wanted to give other people the feeling I had that night that, you know, that, that bubbling joy. Um, and, you know, you can draw a straight line from that moment to me sitting here right now today making this show. Um, mm. So, yeah, I owe everything to George Lucas. And, uh, I have no patience for the people who say, George ruined my childhood. Well, George gave you your childhood. <laughs> Selfish <Yeah>. crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was nice at Celebration this year when, when George came out uh, for the 40th yes, panel, which yes. was just, you know. Yeah. Crazy, amazing, and when he mm. sort of kindly reminded the audience that you know I, I made this for kids, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, and but I think what's brilliant about it, like all the great mythology, it it, it works, works for kids, and it also works on a much deeper level. And I think that's why it has the resonance that it yeah. has, and that's has why it's had. here forty years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, one of the things I loved about that movie was my mom loved it as much as me and my brother did. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I walked out of theater. I, I was 12 when it came out. It's the opening weekend same uh, as, as Bob with a bunch of my friends and came out of there saying, I want to tell stories like that. That's, yeah, I want to, that's the kind of filmmaker that, that's, that was fun. Let's do that again. <laughs> and I, I think that's the, if anything, I feel like what we tried to to say about that with the makers, though, a little bit was just there is a joy in the building. Yeah, and that's why they build those mm-hmm. sort of uh, you know speeders and speeder bikes and zip away and have a little you know that's kind of just don't forget the fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, we the- we spent a lot of time, and I think it comes to the fore in in that episode of. What does the light side and the dark side mean in a Lego Star Wars universe? That, you know, we there's there's a line in our Bible that no one will ever read, but I'll blurt it out right here that, you know, the dark side is all about tearing down. Mm. It's you know, it's even in their names, they're star destroyers and death stars. Those are the tools of the dark side. And uh, the light side in the Star Wars a Lego Star Wars universe is built. It creates, um, and Jack became the instrument for you know not making that just subtext but actual text in in, in our series. So, and as, and as he is you know sinking down into the swirl and seemingly destroyed, spoilers for those who haven't seen that episode. <laughs> um, 
his last words to Rowan are uh, be a builder. And, and I think for us, that was something we wanted to sort of say to the audience of you can contribute, build, mm-hmm. you know, make the world a better place, contribute. Yeah. It's, it's easy to way. tear down. Yeah. But mm-hmm. make something that matters. That That's the harder thing, but that's the better thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of building and, and creating, mm-hmm. Uh, are there any specific unique challenges with, uh, I guess we'll just call it Lego animation as opposed to regular animation? Is the process <laughs> very similar for building the storylines and, and the story animatics and those sorts of things? Or is there well, anything unique you have to add to the process? What, what has been new to us on this series, and it was something we had a bit of trepidation about, is um, you know our animation studio and our entire crew, they're 6,000 miles away in Denmark. Um, you know, through almost all of our career, all of our career, uh, we've worked on shows where, you know, the artists were sitting just around the corner on the same floor as us. And, you know, to interact with them, it meant stand up from your desk and walk over there and talk to them face to face. Yeah. You know, what's, what's so, been yeah. different about this show is it's a lot of Skype calls. It's a lot of emails. It's a huge time difference. It's a huge time difference. And yet, you know, we our fear was, is this even workable? Is this kind of system even workable? Um, but everybody at Will Film, um, our, our animation studio, Will Film, they're such great collaborators. And, um, you know, it not only, we're happy to say not only does it work, it works beautifully. And uh, they've been great partners. Our, our Michael Hanna, our supervising director, yeah. It's just been a fabulous collaboration, and and there's a system that they created that allows us to do frame by frame uh, noting, and we can get wow. very very specific. Yeah, so we can go. You know, previous frame was looking great. This one, Rowan's head should turn here or whatever. You know, yeah, we um, can get really really precise, and 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 that you know, also it, it's editing and sound and mm-hmm. you know all of it. So, and it, it's, you know, Bill likes to say, Bill came up with the phrase, the sun never sets on the Freemaker Adventures. Because <laughs> there's, there's somebody on, uh, all over, at, any, at any given moment, there's somebody somewhere working on this show. Um, whether it's, you know, over in Denmark or one of their subcontracting studios in India or China. Um, so, yeah, that, that has been the unique challenge of this show. And, you know, it, it not only has it worked, but man, it's worked better than we ever thought it would. Um, or could, and uh, you know, we 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 feel that we have, and uh, and then this is not to denigrate any of the other crews we've worked with, but um, just we have a closer, more collaborative relationship with these guys uh, than any other show we've ever been on. And maybe that's because it has to be more intentional. Yeah. Um, but it it whatever the reason that that's exactly been how it's worked out, yeah. you know, which is pretty exciting. And I think if too to follow up with this, as far as story wise or that kind of thing, we tend to. I mean, there's certain things obviously, like they have the claw hands. The claw hands. So right. you know, there's certain. We're constantly going through our writer's script, going, guys, there's no thumbs up in this. Yeah, yeah. One gives nobody a thumbs up, you know, on account of he's got no thumbs. Uh, but it's. Um, but what we do, and I, I think this is. <laughs> This is our own maybe particular approach to how we want to do storytelling. But we start with them as characters. We don't think of them as 
animated characters or plastic characters yeah. or anything else. We think of them as Rowan and Cordy and Xander and Roger. And so we construct the stories and the adventures all around their personalities, their characters. And then after we built the story, then we kind of re-remind ourselves that, oh yeah, and also they're Lego characters. <laughs> so finding opportunities then to have a little bit of fun with, um, you know, their hair falling off or they're switching hair, you know, or, or something like that. But we tend to, uh, we'll do those kind of Lego jokes but not at the expense of anything that would pull you out of the jeopardy or the right. or the, the drama or the emotion of the moment. Right. I think that that's definitely something that you feel about the show yeah. um, is that it, it feels like stories about real people that just happen to be Lego. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't look at, you don't watch Rebels, or at least you shouldn't watch Rebels, saying, well, that's just an animated character who's running her. You know, I mean, you don't, you, we think of Ezra and Hera as flesh and blood, just like we do Leia and Luke. And, right. Uh, we, and the, the Lego movie was a bit of a revelation uh, in that, you know, the takeaway we took from that was a little minifigure can hold a lot of emotion. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> can sustain, sustain 90 minutes of movie, too. Um, and that was, you know, that was sort of another thing we took as sort of uh, our launching point of, can we can we do emotion with, with these characters? Well, absolutely. Um, because, you know, if you're always aware they're plastic, there's no jeopardy. Yeah. So you have to, you have to sort of think that, you know, something that could terribly happen to them. Yeah. And, uh, and then you're invested. Yeah. One of the things that I uh, got the opportunity to do is to be at Star Wars Celebration and at the uh, Season 2 uh, panel that, that mm -hmm. y'all did, which was phenomenal. I mean, the ah. artwork you showed us, the episode you showed us, um, just everything about it was so much fun. And um, tease the audience here with maybe some tidbits of what's going to be coming for Season 2. <laughs> All right, I have this answer pre-prepared. I, I meant to say this on stage in, in Orlando, and I forgot to say it. Um, we have an actor appearing in season two in the same role he played in The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And he take, he's front and center for an entire episode. And uh, this actor does not play this role all that often and he's great in it and I can't wait for the audience to see it. Ooh. I have no idea what he's talking about. No, just <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How's that for a tease? Uh, obviously awesome. we are picking up in season two pretty much moments after we left off uh, season one. Yeah. Uh, they are finding a new home with the Rebel Alliance. They are finding what their purposes are. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a uh, new villain. New, yeah, we MOC. Um, you got a taste of in that that first episode is our our big heavy for the season, and he is uh, voiced by James Urbaniak from the Venture Brothers. And he oh. is yeah, super creepy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I gotta tell you, there there's been a couple times where Bob and I've turned to each other and said, "Do we go too far? Are we going to give kids nightmares?" And then we kind of go like, "Yeah, we're going to give kids nightmares." <laughs> 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 um, you 
but I, I think he's he's funny, but he's intimidating, and he's uh, you know he's like a Swiss Army knife of uh, weapons. Yeah. So yeah, he he kind of is relentless Terminator like, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there is a new quest for the season, like the Kyber Saber was for season one, uh, but it'll be a different thing. There's a new mentor. Uh, you're going to see some familiar characters from Quarry. We we brought in Quarry from Rebels and uh, voiced by Corey Burton. Yes, right. Which has made our recordings just uh, sheer chaos. We have we've got Quarry played by Corey, and then we have Cordy, Corey and Vanessa playing Corey. <laughs> so it, it, that's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, we could have thought that one through maybe a little bit. Yep. But, uh, and then. Uh, of course, I'm sure everyone's heard that you know we have Hera mm-hmm. in the show, and anyway, uh, so there's there's some fun things I think uh, as just as in season one sort of built and built and built to this pretty epic uh, conclusion. Season two does a similar thing. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for your listeners to discover the two new ships from uh, season two. They are uh, both designed by uh, Doug Chang and his group, and uh, the the villain ship, uh, MOC ship, is the Tracker One, which is this uh, <laughs> kind of incredible, scary Imperial. Yeah, it, uh, it's similar to the Tie Phantom, um, and uh, but but it's got its own unique twist on it, and uh, it's just an awesome ship. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are into building the the Lego sets, but I gotta say, oh, yes, I'm surrounded absolutely. by them in my office fantastic. right now. It's the, a the tracker set. one is the most awesome set I've ever held in my own hands. It's uh, just amazing, and then uh, almost as amazing, maybe even as amazing is so the I think, Arrowhead. I think that's my preference. Yeah, Bill, Bob loves the tracker one. I love the Arrowhead, but the, uh-huh. and the Arrowhead again uh, is this. Uh, amazing ship that is going to change the course of uh, the conflict with right. the between the rebel and the empire rebellion and the empire so it's a it's a unique ship i think it has some uh, throwback to things from the old republic mm-hmm. uh, and the old republic and older even yes yeah mm. so it's a it's inspired from ancient craft and it has a uh, a way of being an offensive weapon, and a, <laughs> in a way that I I think we haven't seen really before, really in the Star Wars universe. So that's uh, that's all pretty cool, and I can't wait for the your listeners to get to check those out. And they're fantastic builds. I think the kits go on sale officially June first. Although they're they've leaked all over the place. Yeah, they're they're already here yeah. for a place for us. <laughs> And I'm happy uh, um, with with Memorial Day weekend coming up and kids getting out of school. Come on, this is the weekend yes. to build. Yes, it is. Uh, you're you're uh, encouraging me to go out and buy some Lego for this long weekend. There you go. <laughs> what you need, exactly. And they're fun builds. <laughs> we we uh, Lego uh, was very gracious and sent us down to celebration two of the, those two kits. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course in box. And so we wanted to show them at the panel. So you saw them at the panel, but uh, we decided to host a building party at the uh, the hotel we were staying at. So 
So uh, fans came by and uh, they tweeted it out and people helped build those ships together. And it was just a really fun uh, adventure. So yeah. to share it with the fans and go through that process. Again, yeah, like it was about uh, family, even if it's family you've just met. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars fans are family. Yeah. It's, we're all one big family, right? True. Very Absolutely. true. Well, um, before we let you guys go, let everybody know uh, where they can find both of you, uh, maybe on social media if they'd like to connect sure. with both of you, uh, and about when the show will be premiering for season two uh, so that everybody doesn't miss it. Yes, I, I wish we had exact dates we could share uh, on season two. What we can say is um, later this summer, coming this summer to a galaxy near you. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> They, uh, the, uh, we, we did five shorts that sort of bridge the two seasons, and those are available on YouTube, on YouTube, YouTube, and uh, the Disney XD app. Um, just search for Freemaker Adventures. Home One is the first episode, so just search for Freemaker Adventures Home One, and that should lead you to all five uh, shorts. They're on Lego's channel and Disney XD's channel, um, and then again the Disney XD app as well. Um, so, uh, what was it? oh, where to find us on online? Um, I, I favor Twitter, so I'm at Automatic Gravy. Bill is I'm at inevitably Bill. Bill is, <laughs> and uh, love to interact with fans. Uh, I obsessively search for references to our shows. So. Yes, and uh, and I. There's also a uh, Facebook page of Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures, which is a, a place that we check in uh, every once in a while. So if folks want to check out some stuff on there, uh, that's well maintained. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, we love we love interacting, and uh, Bob is really great at. It. He's he's I'm slow, but he's great at. It. He <laughs> he pops on there right away, uh, and we like to see uh, fans showing us their own uglies, the things mm -hmm. that they've built or created uh, that's sort of additive to the Freemaker universe. I think it's all part of the fun. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I, thank you both uh, so much for... Uh, oh, our pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being so supportive of the show. Um, and we really appreciate you uh, helping get the word out. And, and uh, yeah, fun. Absolutely. We'd love to do it any. We, yeah, we'd so especially back. after some episodes have come out, and you, you know, it'd be fun for you to say, "Okay, what are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk to both of you, and I I know I speak for both John and I. Mm -hmm. We can't wait to have you guys back. Yes, oh, fantastic. Likewise, guys. We we had a great time. Thank you. Wow. Well, that, that was a wonderful time uh, talking with Bill and Bob. I, thanks again to them for being on the show. And uh, it, it, we're pretty sure it came across, but Matt and I are both big, big fans of this show. Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures. It, it, is, it is legitimately a can't miss. Uh, if you have Disney XD, uh, seek it out. And if you don't, you can, you can uh, go ahead and you can buy the season on Amazon Prime, on iTunes, on any of that. It is well worth it. This is one of the finest Star Wars shows uh, that, that has been made up to this point, and uh, we can't rave about it enough. And Matt, I, I mean, wow, like everything they talked about was so cool. Absolutely, John. This this show is 
is so fantastic. Uh, and I love that you can hear the passion for both of them mm-hmm. in what they do, that they love Star Wars, they love Lego, they love giving this show to families uh, and and just fans alike. Mm-hmm. And I have to say too, John, if you've never seen the Freemaker Adventures, right now the Lego YouTube channel has every single episode for free. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be watching is- this. I mean, you could pull it up on your Apple TV, your phone, your iPad, Anywhere you are, you could be watching this show. So there's no excuse for you not checking it out. And I, I, I can't imagine fans not loving it because it's so deep and it's so rich. Uh, your initial investment is 22 minutes for that first episode, and we guarantee you will be hooked by the end of that 22 minutes. Probably by the end of the first Probably. five minutes. Absolutely, honestly. But that is that it, it hits the ground running, and it is it is a ton, a ton of fun. So, uh, you know, I can't think of uh, a show that's, you know, more appropriate for for episode 66 of of aggressive negotiations. Uh, so, uh, Matt, where where else can people uh, share their love of the Freemaker Adventures? Oh, gosh. With you uh, hit me up on Twitter, Matt Rushing zero uh, two. Also find me on Instagram at uh, M Rushing. I'm here on the network with uh, Dre Kaufman talking all about Harry Potter walking through each and every chapter of the series with her on Owl Post. You can also find me on the Trek FM network doing the 602 Club where we talk about all things geeky on that show uh, that don't have anything to do with Star Trek, actually. <laughs> um, and just actually did a show on the Freemaker Adventures with my good friend Aaron Goins, who hosts the Star Scavenger podcast, which is devoted to the Freemaker Adventures. So if you can't get enough, check that out. Um and uh, I'm also doing The Orb with Chris Jones, where we talk about Deep Space Nine. So, uh, John, I know uh, you've been having a blast with this show, uh, watching it with your daughter. Where can everybody mm-hmm. find you if they want to share their love for Freemaker Adventures or anything else? Well, uh, just look for Kessel Junkie. He's out there on the Internet. Uh, he's, he's my not-so-secret alter ego. Uh, you can also find me right here on the network co-hosting Great Shot Kid uh, with Mike Schindler, which is Star Wars inspired, but we really look at the uh, the the influences of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, you know, the, the things that helped shape the creators and how they put it all together. Uh, you can also find me co-hosting uh, over on Trek.fm with Mike Schindler, a, a show called uh, Stage 9, which does that same thing, but for Star Trek creators. And you can find me co-hosting Words with Nerds with my pal Craig, which is free form and a little bit insane. So uh, if you like those two things, you know, check me out there as well. But uh, all that being said, Matt, I think there's only one thing left to say. I think it's time to close negotiations. Negotiations are closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.